Welcome to the Who Needs Instructions podcast, the podcast that wants to get men talking. So joining me on today's podcast then is a gentleman by the name of Stuart Mace. And Stuart has quite a story to tell about how he's got to a position of working where he is through his own sort of personal circumstances. Stuart, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt. Good to talk, as always. Yeah, you too. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that should be a catchphrase for us, isn't it? Good to talk. Um, so we've already had a little brief uh, catch up because this is literally the first time we've ever spoken. Uh, we were introduced online and uh, your your story and what you do now for a living um, is, is born out of circumstances, but it's actually something I think it's really important because I imagine that your life's changed quite dramatically in the last 12, 18 months. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing that story with us, please. Jim. Yeah, by all means. And thank you, as I said, to, to, to give me the opportunity uh, to do so. Um, it, yeah, I think if we look at the, the, you mentioned last 12 to 18 months, but now I'm in the position where I'm at now, um, in my own mind, should I say, looking back, um, I think there's an element here of it's actually a lifespan and it is it's everyone's lifespan i i put something online the other day which is what does the future teach us um it actually teaches us nothing but what does the past teach us and the past teaches us everything realistically um and i um was in a job um quite comfortable quite happy in a recruiting job so my background is i actually studied sports science and had a had a career within health and fitness um and kind of lost my way and purpose with that um it didn't actually come about the people it came about profit which i understand you know when you're in when you're in health clubs it is about um actually having a sustainable business and i left and went traveling which is probably one of the best things um i've done in my life um and two people i worked with within the health clubs set up a recruitment company while while i was traveling and when i came back um they asked me to join so that was um uh, an exciting journey and that that um, um led to my 17 years of recruiting um, in agency world and also as an internal recruiter. So an internal recruiter would be somebody who works for a business um, and recruits in for that company directly. Um, and I was uh, within a within a company um, and some of the things that started to go awry um, weren't sitting comfortably with me and I started to notice some behavioral changes in myself you know lacking confidence um kind of being very stressed um working longer hours to try and please other people as opposed to to myself and I guess there was a little bit of fear there that actually you might lose not not you might lose your job you might you know people might point the finger um not that there was that much of a blame culture within the business but ultimately at the age of 46 unforeseen to me I was asked to to leave um, and clearly what I was saying wasn't liked within the corporate structure uh, corporate structure so it was here's some money to go away we're not really going to to deal with this issue um, hmm. so that kind of started the ball rolling where you know I've been successful in all my careers and this was the first time somebody has, you know had kind of said no we're pulling the trigger and you're not making the decision. And at the age of 46 in February 2020, COVID was just about on our shores. Mm. You kind of thought, okay, this this isn't this isn't great. Um, and by no means am I ever pointing the the finger at my business here that I worked for. Um, but that was almost the the straw that broke the camel's back from a a kind of a journey where um, I came came home, told my wife, um, I'm the breadwinner. Um, and two weeks later, um, but she wake, uh, she wakes me up in, well, I've, I'm woken up by her, um, quite literally wailing in the kitchen saying, help me, help me. Um, which was the start of her having a breakdown. And that was the first panic attack. And when you first see that, I'm like, okay, not really sure what's, what's, what's happening here, but you know, let's look to, let's look to deal with that. Mm. Um, and, and that just, really really quickly escalated um to um my wife um seeing a gp um gp referring her to a psychiatrist uh, a psychiatrist admitting her to hospital um and whilst in hospital trying to take her own life um and covid then coming around with with the lockdown so we went from 
two people working quite happily, quite happily married for 20 odd years, knowing each other for a very long time, 30, 30 odd years. Nice little house, well, nice big house now in in the southeast of, of the country, you know, going about our lives, general life, uh, daily lives. We don't have children. We had lovely holidays, you know, the usual sort of, you know, uh, mm-hmm. life that, 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 that you would lead to, mm-hmm. well, I'm unemployed, sitting on my sofa, listening to my wife try to strangle herself while she's in hospital in, in, in about a month. And you kind of thought, okay, well, how does that happen? Um, and, you know, being the sort of the, I suppose there's someone who likes to learn, you know, and as I said, looking back, it was trying to, you know, join, join the dots. Um, thankfully, my wife is still with me today. Um, right. Yeah. And, you know, she has the support that she needs and it's a, it's a slow step and it's a slow recovery. Um, but to watch it is, is heartbreaking. Um, there's, there's no two ways about it. Um, but now I look back, some of the signs are so obvious, Matt, right. um, to both of us. But we didn't. We didn't know. We didn't see. We didn't understand. Um, and you know, what that's, sort of signs were they, Stuart? Oh, it, it's you know, it, it's um, just crying for for no reason. A GP saying, "Here's some here's some medication. Um, this isn't mental. This is uh, you know, this is more physical. This is you know, maybe you're going through the change as a woman. Um, mm-hmm. Looking back through through childhood, you know, there were certain things that that um, parents and step-parents would say and do. And you just thought that's growing up and that's that's part of living. Um, you know, certainly the way that that you're treated, um, the way that you treat others, the way that a workplace treats you. Um, you know, I look back and, and, and in my last job, as I mentioned, and some of the things that, you know, I'm a fairly confident and outgoing chap. And, and you know, I... I I was in getting into a place where I was, a, I was, I was scared to make a decision in a workplace. Mm. And when you're in recruitment, you got to, you know, you got to say to a, an FD or, um, or so, you know, a senior vice president, this is the, this is the candidate you want. And these are the reasons why, yeah. you know, and you're kind of scared even to try and put a candidate forward because fear of, Oh, that might get back to, you know, to your manager and the manager is going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Um, yeah. and, and, yeah, it's it's that type of and and you know it's that type of signs. You know, I remember my wife saying one day that when we left the house, um, you know, going to you know we we said our goodbyes. I jumped in the car and she would walk to work, and she said, "Today I'm just going to try and put one foot in front of the other." Mm-hmm. And you're kind of thinking, "Oh, you know, you got a tough day at work," but actually there was more to it than that. <laughs> you know, um, you know, the, the, it, it's yeah, but it's terms like that, and people say, "Oh, you know, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't go on." And and you kind of think, well, you brush them off. And you know, Matt, I mean, when she came home initially from the GP once, and he said he's she's, he's given me antidepressants, and I was like, "Well, pull your big girl knickers up, you know, stop really? you know, yourself." It's kind of that sort of judgmental yeah. type of thinking, and and you know, it, it's probably generational. Um, and you, you look back on that, and you think. Stu, you're such a dick. If I can use mm. that phrase, you know why would you? you, can. you yeah, why? Why think that? The, 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 you know, to look at it from that point of view. She's telling you she's, you know, the doctors may be seeing something there or whatnot. Um, let's look at it seriously. Let's not just try and brush it off. Um, let's actually listen. Um, I'm not sure if you saw this over over the the past week on BBC, which is Football Darkest Secrets. I haven't seen that. No. Ooh be prepared if you do watch it okay, okay. um but it's about uh, to, to get very real it's about the child molesting that happened within football clubs yes um and the thing being is that you're getting all these statements from the football clubs saying oh we should have listened we should have done this we should have done that um when it was actually pretty obvious if you went looking for it <laughs> and mm. and then it's similar with you know us having a chat as i sort of alluded to earlier um it's just you know you're just being more aware and being more open um anyway and how this sort of perpetuated i i um you know jackie came back from my wife came back out of hospital um and um you know was you know we i was like taking care of her and it got to a point where i was thinking right i need to actually look at getting some you know work um and um what is it i wanted to do um, now, the easiest thing for me to have done, Matt, was to jump back into recruitment. It was comfortable. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, I can command a salary. Um, but I didn't. There was something nagging me thinking, 
17 years and, and I remember writing it down what I you know I wrote down what I wanted to achieve what would be my purpose what did I want from work and then the industries and and they all kept pointing back to recruitment to a degree mm. and then I remember writing just recruitment question mark where's the challenge and that was it for me and I thought there's no challenge there realistically I can go into another business and I can start recruiting and I can work my way up and all that sort of good stuff and I just thought no I don't really want to do that there's no real there's no real challenge that's not really Am I turning up for myself? Am I showing up for myself? You know, that's almost like, you know, going 75% on a, on a pitch when, you know, when, when, you know, you need to give a, you want to give a hundred percent. So I started writing down what it is I wanted to do and looked at and um, health and well-being within the workplace resonated, came up um, in my mind. Um, I did look at sports psychology, which is something I actually thought I should have done when I left uh, university, having studied sports science. But, you know, I was, I, was, I, was tra- I was trapped by the health club, you know, the, the plush health club trappings and the, uh, <laughs> the, the promotions that they offered and what have you. So I, I spoke to a couple of people um, and they, they did sort of say occupational health and safety is probably a way to go. Sports psychology is a long road. It's a good seven years. I spoke to a gentleman called Jeremy Snape who has his own um, his own um, company called the Sporting Edge. He's an ex-cricket player, uh, England cricket player. Um, and he was very helpful and he just basically said it's a seven-year um, journey and quite quite honestly Stuart most of his you know most of his revenue was coming through corporates anyway so that sort of nudged me over to the to the corporate side um and that's why you know I, I sort of looked at yeah corporate health and well-being is where I feel I, I I should be and started making relevant noises in that area through LinkedIn to connect with people and a lady called Pip Richardson who's the founder of a company called the Circle Line which is um, the company I'm working for now um engaged in a conversation um and and it went from there um and it's really been an eye-opener um for me um that you know the brain and 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 the mind should i say are are really fascinating things and always a fascinating thing um and there's so much to learn from it but it's actually led me to a point of knowing myself a little bit better and at the age of 47 I'm kind of looking back and looking back at a you know a, a, a happy childhood and what have you and things that have happened um and, and it kind of makes things a little bit more clear um mm. <laughs> and kind of I kind of know myself I feel a little bit better I think there's a lot more to, to learn um but that's all come about realistically through um kind of understanding what 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 I want to do and where where that kind of that purpose is and and the you know the 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 um emotional constipation I guess as we mentioned earlier is, is kind of starting to you know starting to starting to shift and um <laughs> the more I talk to 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 people the more um there's that um wanting to talk and yeah you know the 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 word I don't use is stigma, but I've used it. Um, but it's more around shame, and I think that's where we are with mental and psycho- psychological health. Is we can't talk about it because we don't talk about things like that. Um, but that's slowly but surely so, being eroded. Yeah. So looking around your friend group and your family, uh, what sort of reaction have you had to them uh, from them for this quite drastic career change? Yeah, I think. Um, the hardest conversation I had was with my dad. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, my dad's, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this. He's, he's 80 this year. Um, and uh, you know, he, he, he's very old school, as you can imagine, you know, it's all about, it's all about work. It's, you know, you, you, get, you, you don't go see a doctor unless it's dropped off. Um, sure. Of, you, know, you know, he's born in, um, during the war so you know it, it was kind of um you know Stu what he's like son why don't you go and get a proper job and I, was, I do have a proper job dad he goes no and and you know I, I I kind of looked at um had the conversation with him um around you know it, it's it's important it, it's important to 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 understand what's going on dad and, and and obviously with my with my wife um you know he he he. we had a facetime call with him um over christmas and uh, and what have you and, and and 
you know, he's texting me, he says, oh, you know, Jackie looks well, you know, going back to work soon. And he's kind of going back and said, yeah, dad, she looks well, but it doesn't mean she is well. Um, mm. you know, psychologically, she's she's nowhere near in a safe place to, to go back to work. And it's not actually going back to work that's going to help. In fact, she did go back to work for five and a half months and actually made her worse. And you, you're kind of like, look, dad, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about let's talk about feelings and i hated you know it, it, it wasn't in in that sort of sense now my dad's someone i go to football with you know um i support yeah. for my sins i support millwall um, <laughs> <laughs> um we'll dig on he, that one a little bit later <laughs> yeah he, he's a, he's a charlton fan would you believe oh okay um, well i like he, your dad because i i've got a charlton tattoo on my right arm <laughs> oh have you yeah yes, um yes. And, um, you know, the, the, you know, bless him. I mean, he comes to Millwall when he's a child. Well, clearly, he doesn't. He doesn't shout about it. And, we, you know, he very rarely goes to the Valley. In fact, I go to the Valley more than he does when we're in the same, same league. <laughs> Although I did take him to the, I did take him to Wembley when, when, when Charlton did uh, to come up into the, into the Premiership. Um, Fantastic. And, and it, uh, sorry, into the uh, Championship. Um, and, We've been yeah, in the Premiership was, too, you know. <laughs> you have. We have. Well, I suppose I was going to say Millwall haven't. They've been in the old Division One, um, showing our age. But um, <laughs> you know, and and you know, we would go for we go for a meal afterwards, and and we would sit and we'd just you know chew the fat and stuff. So you know, from since COVID, and 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 you know, I think there's been a lot of um, a lot of people have been looking inwardly, you know, and and you know. So is my dad, I guess. And, you know, is that having that conversation with, with constant conversation with him about, um, you know, you're going to see a mask from people. People aren't really going to tell you what they feel genuinely. They might feel okay. But dad, how are you? You know, and it's like, how are you dealing with things? And and again, there, there I say, he's a bit... Um, resistant flippant to the whole covid thing you know he's like mm. no it is not you know he, i wouldn't say he's a conspiracy theorist but he sees things with his own eyes and he you know goes out walking he says well why can't i go up to, and see my daughter and her children because they live quite close and all this sort of stuff so you kind of have to have that sort of gentle conversations with him um but we we had a lovely conversation about two weeks ago and it's the first time matt that um and and he's as i say he's he's 79 um, and rightly or wrongly, but it's the first time that he said that he loves me. You know, wow, he, you're he, joking. He, you no, know, and, and you're kind of like, he said that. And I just think it's because, you know, I've been regularly talking to him and texting him and trying to help him understand what Jackie's going through from a third person. Mm. He kind of, I think he's, you know, and, and, and he texts my wife now, um, nice things. You know, he's learned how to use a GIF on uh, on his mobile. <laughs> um, so, you know, these things coming through. Um, are really are really quite nice and you know he does ask how my how my job's going um, which is nice because you know he, i think there's a level there of acceptance and when i talk to her about my friends um some are really open about that you know some of them have actually said you know what i had cbt cognitive behavioral therapy about two or three years ago mm-hmm. uh, and i found it really helped and and i didn't know this yeah and these guys wow. i've known for and you're kind of like and this other chap just you know the other day said yeah when i spoke to my therapist and i said well rewind <laughs> yeah what what's and and you know he was on furlough then he was made redundant um and he felt he need help so and i, I was kind of like I, i'm you know i was almost you know seriously impressed <laughs> yeah, i was yeah. seriously impressed and i was like well you know when did that happen and why did what was your, your thought process behind it and and he was a bit like me he's like well what have i got to lose you know what's what's the problem with it and i was like well there is no problem with it you're right um and 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 you know it was it was quite and you know quite quite nice to to hear that um because i do think people do do fear it um but there's actually nothing wrong with it and um and when i say it that means talking to somebody qualified who can potentially potentially help you um yeah you know and i think that's important that you that you it doesn't necessarily need to be someone qualified it can be anyone but i i think there's an element of um when you when you start to have conversations um it's great but it's kind of for me it's all about actually why do i do that or why are things like that and and i you know i kind of I, i'm kind of like the child that when you just keep asking your parents why you know why why oh, really? when, when, when you're growing up and, and and i suppose it's that inquisitive mind and and these these friends have they been around for a long time are they childhood friends school friends university friends 
No, there had been friends that I'd met since moving to Guildford, so within the okay. 15, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and they're, 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 they're chaps, you know, my age, late 40s. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, it, it's it's really just been open. You know, we've had some virtual beers and we've had a giggle. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have our different... Uh, we, we've been brought together, per, you know, probably by just one person. And we all have different backgrounds, um, but you know it's it's interesting to 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 see the range and and you know when they ask me how work is you know and I say yeah well it's you know it, it can be tough because you're gonna have difficult conversations with people who don't want to you know don't want to implement a mental health or mental well being strategy within their workplace or they you know they they use money as a reason not to do it or yeah. using money mm-hmm. as a reason you know to 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 cut costs and what have you then that doesn't really help and. You know, they they ask more questions around that, and when you explain, they they, they kind of you know, you know, they, they they kind of see the light. But you know, one one chap did say, surely selling therapy to to a workplace is is, is a tough gig, um, and um, to a degree, he's right. Um, but you know, I sort of shared my story with or or my sessions with with him which there was a bit of confidentiality around that um mm-hmm. but I was, I was happy to um and after the conversation he's like do you know what i might give this a shot just you know just to see what's about because i want to learn a bit more about myself um and and, and you know talking to a counselor or to a to a, 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 a psychotherapist um isn't about you know therapy isn't about your, and I hate using this phrase, but people use it so often, isn't about your broken, so we're going to try and fix you, mm. um, or there's something not right, and you need help. It, it, it's Yes, there is that support, and that's more counselling than anything else. And We are all going to need some help at some point in our lives, whether it's being bullied, bereaved, you know, bereavement, um, feeling shame, feeling low. It doesn't mean to say that if you have a couple of days of feeling bad because your team gets relegated, that you need to go and see a therapist. Um, sure. But <laughs> you know, it, it, it's actually you know, if if it, if there are regular, you know, and homeschooling with with a lot of people is is tough. Being locked down yeah. is tough, and 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 your your view on it, um, what you consume from you know social media news, and and you know what your mates are saying, you know, some of that can play out in in you know mental um can, can have an effect shall we say on how you how you feel um but you know just to just to bore you with it matt my my, my story being with with actually having a therapy session was clearly as a recruiter the advice i would give to anyone before they joined a company was you do your homework on the business um yeah. and here are my talking to a business that ultimately has an online secure um, platform where you can talk to a practitioner I kind of couldn't not do it I kind of had (laughs) to go through the process so you know from a business point of view so I registered I got my registration email through our website Um, you know I booked my session and I got my confirmation and my text and all this sort of stuff to make sure and I read the emails to make sure there are no spelling mistakes and how it looked visually the usual sort of thing and um, I, I logged in, um, therapist popped up, and we started to have a chat. And I said from the very outset, and um, this this is purely business. I said, I'm not here to talk about my mental health issues or anything like that. I don't have wow. it. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I was kind of like, you know, why would somebody want therapy? Um, you know, what, what are the benefits of it? How do I sort of promote this into a business? Um, you know, I think there's going to be resistance. You know, senior leaders are going to not really want to talk about this. And in fact, you know, founders of, you know, what have you. And it was a good, open, honest conversation. And one thing that came out of that question, out of that session, which resonated with me, is that um, the therapist said to me, "This is a place where you can voice what you're thinking in a non-judgmental way, and you don't get any pushback." And she said, that's priceless because everyone you kind of talk to comes with their judgment, will come with their will come with their baggage, will come with their view. Mm-hmm. You talk to friends and family, they are going to tell you that what they think. <laughs> yeah. You know, my wife came to me and I told her what she what she should do. And it doesn't actually help. Um, sure. And and she kind of and anyway, after that session, she said, look, um, you're working for the circle line. You know, there must be a story behind that. 
maybe you might want to tell that to me sometime. Um, I'd love to talk to you just on a one-to-one basis. And I said, yeah, all right, whatever. And I, and I kind of, you know, brushed it off and left it. <laughs> but it kind of chipped away at me and, and, you know, kept tapping me on the shoulder and go, why wouldn't you do it, Stuart? Why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you do it? And after about three or four weeks, I thought, okay, uh, you know, what have I got to lose? I'm actually yeah. curious. So I've gone in to, I booked the next session, nice and easy, had the session within 24 hours. And uh, the therapist has said, oh, nice to see you again. Um, you know, why are you here? <laughs> right? And typical, as I say, 40 something bloke, white bloke saying, well, you told me to be here. <laughs> you know, putting up the defenses. <laughs> Yeah, this is me having a therapy. You know, what's going on? You know, and I was kind of like, I'm a bit nervous about this, but I didn't want to show that, obviously. And I was like, mm. well, You told me to be here. She goes, Okay, well, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. You know, I'm really. And then she said, Okay, why don't I take the lead here? And she said, Why don't we look at either your childhood or present day? And um, my, which is a reasonable question, um, mm-hmm. and, and is a normal question for, um, you know, practitioners to probably start with. And my uh, unconscious, subconscious answer was, well, I had a happy childhood, so why don't we talk about present day? Um, now, to me, that sounds like a reasonable answer. But Matt, I, I just <laughs> I just stitched myself up because, yeah, totally. because, because the response was, if you had a happy childhood, why do you not want to talk about it? It makes you the man you are today. And because you don't want to talk about something that's happy and you want to talk about present day, I get the feeling there's something not quite right about present day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> She's got me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay then. And she said, look, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not pushing you. You're here to talk. You've turned up for a reason. I'm not going to, I'm not judging you on anything here. What's on your mind? And it was like, simply what I've told you, you know, well, look, this is what's happened in the last year, year or so. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have a breakdown. I don't know if I've got mental issues. I don't know if there's something coming down the track. You know, listening to your wife trying to kill his, kill themselves on the phone is probably going to hit me at some point. Maybe I should just start chatting to somebody about it. I don't know. And and, and it is. It's still in my mind. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, and, and it was kind of like, so what, you know, yeah, and, and it was like, well, so why do you think it might affect you somewhere along the line? Uh, and, and and it was just those those types of questions. Now I came away from the session, and I know I'm going on here a little bit, Matt. But I, I, I came away from I came away from that session, and the thing that I was thinking about for the next two weeks was my childhood and my happy childhood. And she was right. Why would you not want to go back to happy memories? And luckily, mm-hmm. thankfully, even though it took eighty years or seventy nine years for me to to hear my dad tell me he loved me he may have told me that in the past Matt I just didn't hear it but sure yeah I did I you know I look back and you know I'm I'm third child out of four um my sister my sister's 36 months older than me and my brother's 22 months older than me my mum was my mum is and you know Irish Roman Catholic so you're not there they're like (laughs) I've got one of those too mate (laughs) yeah um you know and I do look back and and it's great but you know it's it sparked a conversation around um, security and I shared a bedroom. I mean, we lived a little bit hand to mouth growing up in the seventies and eighties. Um, my dad did two or three jobs. My mum did work when she could, but obviously she had three, she had four children and, mm-hmm. and what have you. Um, but we didn't really ever go without. And what I mean by that, it wasn't about financial. It was, it was more around love and, and, and feeling secure. And I always, always, always shared a bedroom with my brother and, and we moved around a bit, um, growing up we lived in ireland in dublin where my mum's family is for for mm-hmm. three or four years um and we always shared a bedroom until i went to um, further education and i went into student digs and i was i was 20 at that age and i remember just waking up the first morning thinking whoa there's no one else here um and then we, my brother and i we always went to the same schools and because he was that little bit older than me um people knew i had an elder brother so that probably meant I didn't get bullied or I played rugby and you know you're seen as a bit of a hard nut when you play rugby in in schools and things like that so but what it was there's that that security and I always had that security and I met my wife when um I was 17 um Mm -hmm. 
and this was somebody I liked. This is somebody I eventually fell in love with, as you do as a young, you know, <laughs> as a young chap. And I kind of thought, well, I'm not going to let go of that. And hence the reason we've been together for 30 years. Now, mm. I look at my wife's background, and when we chatted about it, there is no security there at all. Right. Um, you know, parents divorced, moved, step-parents and family moved in. Um, and we just just referencing it, I can actually see why she is the way she is now. And going back, as we started at the top of the conversation, this probably started from childhood, that that lack of feeling of love, whether or not her parents knew that, you know, you can't blame them for that because they were, they're just parenting the way they were parented. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the step family that both of them married into and the psychological trauma and damage that came from that. And it, it created a healthy two hour conversation, which gave me that understanding of the penny was almost dropping with me. And my wife and I was just, I can totally see how you are the way you are. Uh, which put me in a position to say, how do I help you with making you feel safe in, you know, in a relationship, in the environment, in lockdown and all this sort of stuff. So, and and that was just from one question from, <laughs> from somebody who was very well trained as to understand, you know, um, how the, how the, how the mind works. But I guess coming back to modern day and every day um, and, and gents, you know, speaking out and, and, having the courage to do so it actually is the thinking of it as i said which is probably worse than the actual doing of it um and i i found myself having more conversations with um, male and females um and just being more comfortable with it and if i'm mm. comfortable with it and my body language or my tonality generally finds that other people are comfortable with it and as i was saying when when my one of my friends said that you know his therapist told him x y and z i was like great but he wouldn't have told me he wouldn't have told me that six months ago and i'm i, I was questioning myself is have i made him feel comfortable enough for, he, for him to be able to open up and say that um and maybe there's something in that maybe there isn't but it, you know as i say it's just my my own inquisitive mind which um sometimes doesn't want to switch off i tell you what you've been through quite some journey in the last well year or two haven't you you really have and I just, you know, I, I can't wait to put this podcast out because I want guys to hear this. And it's, yeah. it, you know, there, I've, there are some similarities in my life to yours, yeah. <laughs> Roman Catholic mother uh, yeah. from a large Irish family. She was from Dublin as well. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. you know, Do you know what part well, man, out of interest? Uh, right by the docks. They were, they were, oh, okay. they lived very much hand to mouth. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all her brothers were merchant sailors. Yeah. Um, her dad was a docker. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. And, uh, you know, my, my father's 85, uh, yeah. but, my, and just, a, I mean, uh, what I've loved about this is that I haven't had to ask very many questions. <laughs> You've really just yeah. taken control and I'm delighted you did. So, you know, don't feel bad about that. But, okay, thanks. but my own, my own father, um, uh, he divorced or him and my mum went through a divorce when I was 17 and it hit him really hard. Yeah. And I think it was that that turned his life from being, workaholic um he provided a very good upbringing for us we were you know very comfortable uh, and we didn't go without financially either so mm. we were we were very fortunate but uh, it, it cost him his marriage yeah because uh, he used to go and work overseas yeah um uh, and he wasn't around and you know obviously you just drift apart my, my yeah. mom and my dad drifted apart i was 17 when they split up i was there with my dad yeah and i kind of had to nurse dad through that yeah um, because he worked away. He didn't really have that many friends in this village mm. that we lived in because he was never there. He didn't have that chance to make those friendships. So yeah. it brought me and my father very close together. And I'm very lucky he's still around. He's 85. Yeah. And every time Good. I see him, I kiss him. Yeah, yeah. And every time we talk on the phone, we tell each other we love each other. Yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, I've got I've got mates that, are, you know, that I will tell on a regular basis how much I love them. Um, and nice. and there's, there, there's absolutely no shame in that. And that's, that's, it's refreshing to hear and i you know i'm not trying to be condescending that your life has kind of been fairly traditional it's taken something awful to spin it around and, and help you realize that actually i i imagine your look on life now is very different to it was yes. you know 12 yeah. 18 months ago and actually you're possibly quite excited about life and 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 about you know how you feel about it now yeah i i 
Uh, agreed. I, I think there's an element here of, I mean, the conversations that, you know, I, I, I generally have with, with my wife is, where would you rather be? December 20, 2020 mm. or, or now? Yeah, even though, you know, she she still has still has suicidal ideations every day. Um, she she she's not working. There isn't an income. The work I do, you know, is is the, the income is very minimal. Um, you know, it's you know it's a startup business. It's very hand to mouth. Um, you know, financially, there you know we we could run into trouble somewhere along the line. But just, part of me is like I don't really care. Mm. You know, it, it's kind of like money you know my relationship with money has certainly changed um yeah you know it's it's not actually about that i mean where we are with 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 the circle line going a little bit off topic but where we are with the circle line is that it's very affordable um you know if if you are you know joe blogs on the street you can log on to our website you get a first session for 25 pounds and then you get the next session for 50 pounds um or 49 pounds for 50 minutes um we charge businesses a little bit more um, because we will we will proactively go into their business and, and promote what we do and we also can give some analytics back to, to them and that there is a cost for that um, and as a business we've um, decided to look at corporates as our main uh, b2b as our main plan of attack from a point yeah. of view of if we can talk to a CEO, CFO, HR director, or whatever it is, and we can convince uh, that person who you know maybe have a hundred, you know, hundred employees or two hundred employees, so we look at SMEs more to, more than anything else. Sure. If we can convince that one person to take the well-being of their employees seriously to a degree that you know you're going to offer them support, let's say there's a twenty percent uptake. On, on that you know we, we realize that we're not going to be all things we can't be and we're not all things to all people mm. but if we can convince one person to give access that, that allows 20 people access to you know a counselor for example and their employees are paying for it sorry their employers are paying for yeah. it we've convinced one person to, to to satisfy 20 as opposed to us having to try and satisfy 20 people um individually so it's we found it's you know it's it's more mass market if we can put it that way where you know there's efficiency there to try and convince one or two people to elect you know to allow you know 20 to 30 people to to find their voice and go and have that have that um have that treatment or you know have that support that they that they need um so that's why we do it and then and you know as i say we make it very very affordable for for businesses but in terms of that's the model we've all bought into that i understand that but in terms of you know that it's almost again some companies use money as an excuse not to do it which is you know which is very um very sad to see but in terms of how i how we you know i i don't look more past more than three months you know uh, it's kind of i don't think you can with you know with what's happened in the last 12 months with (laughs) with covid you know we're all going to spend christmas together right until five days beforehand you know we you know uh, um we're all thinking we're going to be sitting in a pub in you know on the 12th of april having a having a having a pint hopefully um that could quite easily be taken away from us right you know we think we're going we're going back to football next season um again that 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 could be easily taken away from us so i don't think you can sort of plan too far and too in a, too far in advance i think what's what's and this is going to sound as if i've had too much therapy and i haven't um i've hardly you know i've had three or four sessions but this is probably coming from from my wife who obviously is um getting getting the help but you can you can only really live for now and what's in the present right you, you you can you can look at what you've got and be thankful for what you have yes you can yeah. have the ambition for and, and the motivation for future clearly i mean that's how you know we we, we live you know we, we're always looking forward hence the reason why we don't have eyes in the back of our head but you kind of um got to appreciate what what's what's present what's what's current um clearly need to deal with it um with you know and, and make sure you're okay for for today um yeah. and, the, and the future will look after itself in a sense um I, I suppose my question should more really have been you're not excited about the future but actually it's quite it feels quite fulfilling would that be fair to say yeah i mean it's a purpose and again that sounds a little bit cheesy but no i don't I, listen I, there's none of that i don't mind that language on this podcast yeah, whatsoever not I, at I, all I, I took i took and, and again looking back i i i was 
you know, I was quite sharp at school. I don't mind, you know, I've got no trouble in saying that and whether it's conceited or arrogant, but, you know, I was quite sharp at school, although I didn't pass many GCSEs um, and my excuse will always be uh, to this very day is I scribbled. I, you know, I, I wrote, you know, I, I didn't, we didn't have the, the computers and stuff like that. So you'd write your exams and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> the, GC, the GCSEs I passed first time around were maths and art. Um, I'm okay writing numbers, but when it comes to writing, uh, writing, you know, handwriting, um, I, you know, I, I didn't have time for homework. Or, uh, you know, I, I do it as quickly as I can and then go off and do my paper round or go play football or do the piano, which my, you know, as, a, as, as you well know, your parents, my Irish parents, my mum kind of pushed you in, you know, to do things. So I always <laughs> rushed homework and I really didn't care for, for my handwriting. And, and, and the reason why I failed my GCSEs, and I still say this to my mum now, is because the, 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 the teachers couldn't read my handwriting. Um, it's just, you keep you know, telling yourself that. Yeah, I keep telling myself that. Yeah, <laughs> I used to get home. I used to get homework thrown back at me all the time. So redo it. I can't read it. I can't mark it. It's an F. And you know, I was never gonna. Whilst I felt I was, uh, I, I, I had a bit of intelligence about myself. I, you know, I did okay at school, but that's just probably because, yeah, as I said, it was. It's all about I wanted to run before I can walk. Um, but my first decision. Um, where I, I think my first decision I made, and I'm going to, you know, again, this is going to sound a bit coy, but the first decision I think I made as a man was at my A-levels, when my, my mum wanted me to do a maths A-level. I was good at numbers. I did my maths GCSE early, actually, and I was good at numbers. She wanted me to be accountant. And again, this is coming back from, I guess, from, you know, you will have a good job kind of thing. You will have an yeah, upstanding yeah. job in society. <laughs> um, and I didn't want to do it. And I switched from... Um, maths to PE. Uh, I had taken a GCSE PE, um, showing my age. I was the first year that could do it back in the eighties, and I could do it at A level. And I swapped, and I didn't tell my mum for two weeks out of fear. And then I thought, do you know what, bugger it. And then I told her um, because I was going to get found out anyway. And you know, you know, you're not Catholic guilt like me, and and you got to be honest and all that sort of stuff. But that was my. Did you get, did you get the wooden spoon? <laughs> yeah, I think I'd grown out of it by then. Yeah. Um, or the shoehorn. My dad used to used to have a long, um, what was it? A good meter long, two meter long. Anyway, um, uh, but I never got the cane at school, which is one thing I was always proud of. <laughs> um, good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was it was saying to do to do a, a, an A level in, in PE, which I which I did, and subsequently went to study sports science. But the the theory behind that, or the thinking behind that, was to help other people. I think again, coming from a very caring and loving background you know my parents my mum certainly I don't remember my dad so much growing up in the early years because he was out working but you know my mum really did love us and I know why she did that because she didn't get it from her parents and she was kind of mm. like she was one of 11 you know she was always fighting for the affections of her parents yes. so she absolutely doted on us she didn't spoil us but she doted on us and you know I think that's where that sort of came from from a point of view I want to I feel better if I help others and, and that's why I moved into sort of physical fitness health and fitness and I kind of as I said fell out of uh, out of love with that and that's when I moved into recruitment because I saw the opportunity to help people with their careers and this is similar it's it's giving people the information to make informed decisions about themselves yeah. um, and these, you know, the people I'm working with, you know, they've got some, you, know, you think I've got a decent story. These people, you know, they've got stories which you just are humbled and in awe of and that they're still standing. Um, and they've collectively come together to set up a business to try and get people to talk more. And we're, we're aiming it, give or take, at the younger generation. It's a bit, you know, the, the, the website's a little bit cutting edge. It's, you know, it's the colours and it's done over. I mean, we, we set it up before COVID. Um, so the idea was that we would be online therapy, which, you know, the younger generation are more open to, not face-to-face -face, as in, you know, seeing sure. somebody eye to eye. But then when COVID hit, obviously every therapist or every practitioner or every counsellor moved across to, you know, to um, to, to, to online. So um, that's still resident, you know, that's still there with us with regards to, you know, it's just now, now the, now the norm. Um, but yeah, it, it's, um, we're in that sort of position where we want be clearly want people to talk, um, and the younger generation are more open to it as well. Um, but it, it's really just, there's that purpose. There's that driver. Yeah. I'm very excited about the future. Um, we may be a little bit ahead of our time because I don't think 
some of our clients, um, some of our prospective clients are, are ready for it, but we've seen more and more people are more open to having the conversation. It's just about what what um, what avenue they want to take. But ultimately, the the whole um, term and phrase mental health is is got to be looked at differently from a societal point of view and a cultural point of view. Because when you say mental health, most people think actually there's something wrong and they yeah. look at it from the negative side. But if you say physical health, how, you know, you, are you well, are you healthy? Most people go, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Even if they haven't maybe little, you know, a little knock or little injury, they'll probably say, I'm still okay. Yeah, I'm still okay. But when you say somebody has your mental health, they go, you know, they're not thinking it of it in a, maybe a positive, positive light. You yeah. Know? And, and, and we Brits, and I did a little, little experiment here. And when, when, with one of my receptionists, when I was in the health clubs, we Brits like to say, we're not bad. <laughs> um it's a standard not bad and i said to one of the receptionists um when one day i said why don't you ask i'd like you know the idea is that she asked every single person how are they today when they came in when we swiped you know she you know she had a happy smiley face she wasn't mardi it was a case of you you, you know customer service somebody's yeah. paying a lot of money to be a member of this health club i would like you to ask them you know how they're doing today i said why don't you do a little little, little tally chart right down on one side not bad and on the other side any other answer yeah. i just ask people you know how they are today um and add up how many people say not bad versus any other answer like i'm good and if you look at the americans you know you ask them how they are love them or hate them they would generally say i'm good yeah whereas we say not bad and and what we're actually saying is we're bad because yeah. you know if i told you not to think of pink elephants you're going to think of pink elephants all right so yeah. you have to think you're bad before you can say not bad but it's in our psyche it's in our culture isn't it to say not bad um so yeah, yeah. it's 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 you know we we, we you know we, we're getting there um but again with with mental health i think we need to start perceiving it as actually say it's a healthy thing hence the term health yeah um, there's the yeah. positive in those two words <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i mean i, I must admit i've uh, I, I do go out to workplace on a daily basis and there's a, a colleague there and i only see one other colleague uh, we do a, a handover and he always says to me how you doing matt yeah. and i would say nine times out of ten because i'm very honest and i will say nine times out of ten i'm bloody marvelous <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yeah and i you know i'm generally a fairly positive person but yeah. if i'm not feeling that i say do you know what today not a great day but yeah you know, tomorrow's a different day and it'll be fine yeah yeah so it's a good place to be it's it's just and coming back to recognizing things matt is if that persists then that's when you kind of need to ask internally and there's this again it's coming from my wife but she does often say this um you um you you resist what what persists um and (laughs) and and, and therefore it's you know you got to start looking at if that's the case and 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 if your mates aren't texting back or you phone them and they don't answer or you know if we are getting back to stadiums or getting down to the pub or whatever it may and getting back into the workplace and you're not seeing you know those regular faces it's you know they may not want to talk but even a text or you know and you you, we all know this um even just reaching out and just saying when you're ready um let me know because you can take a horse to water right but you know and, and some people won't be ready and if you force it you'll they will they will reject you and they will push yeah. you further away and that doesn't help them um and it might not help you know it might not help you as as an individual um but but yeah i think there's an element of just being authentic and, and true to yourself and you know really really you know you're only kidding yourself at the end of the day right so yeah. you know and and if you kid yourself and you if you're a family man then you're probably going to kid other you know you're going to kid your you know kid your kids and that's you know that's not good because they'll see it they'll hear it and they'll grow up that that way as, as well um yeah absolutely. you know our, our scripts are written from from a very young age through our caregivers schools culture society and how we are there's you know there's no surprise we are the way we are when you when you look backwards but yeah it, it's if you are bloody marvelous then that's brilliant and and saying it and voicing it is probably going to make you feel better but if you're not there's no point in trying to kid yourself that you're not and 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 if it does persist then that's the you know the, the time to sort of say right let's just ask a few questions you don't have to go and talk to a therapist or a counselor or anything along those lines you just ask yourself some questions. You can go online. Be careful what you look at, but you can go online and you can get you can get some you can get some help and um, you know just start to maybe chip away at chip away at it. But yeah. yeah, who needs distractions is all about you know getting guys to to talk to their mates and be open and honest about that. And um, I mean, 
uh, let me just say, so first of all, um, the Circle Line is the name of the business. Yes. Um, it's the thecircleline.co.uk. You can look yeah. that up. Um, yeah. it, it sounds amazing. I Like you say, it's possibly ahead of its time, but hey, you know, early adopter. And I just think it's it's a brilliant service. So I'm looking forward to, to looking into that. And I wish you success with that. Thank you. I also obviously wish your wife in, to, you. to, to, incredibly well, you know, yeah. and, and it, it sounds like that you have that dialogue that you can talk to each other. She's probably teaching you a lot about therapy right now yeah. because of the therapy she's going through. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've never met. Uh, we were introduced by someone mutual on LinkedIn. And I'm always concerned, you know, because I've never physically spoken to you. If, yeah. you know, this interview is going to go well, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I thought, well, if this guy's Mr. Monotone, this could be a long interview. <laughs> and let me just tell you, it's been far from that. I yeah. this has been the I've, this has been the least I've talked on any of the podcasts. Oh, sorry and, about that. <laughs> no, no, no. You have been the story that you're telling is so important and I want people to hear it. And uh, it, it's brilliantly told from the heart. Thank and Stuart, you. I just I just want to say thank you, mate. You're, you're a yeah, dude. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, no worries. If it helps, you know, it's, you know, we, 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 it's in our DNA. I mean, I heard this the other day. Um, it's in our DNA to help each other. We learn not to help each other, actually. It's in our <laughs> DNA to help each other. And if I've, I've, just to bore you with it, I've kind of got a little bit addicted to Sky Nature. Um, I've got Sky and therefore there's a channel on there, which is Sky Nature. And I'm watching it having breakfast in the morning. And it's all clearly about animals and the sea and, and stuff like that. But you know, you learn a lot about human race from actually seeing what happens in, in nature. Um, and what you find is that naturally we do actually want to help each other because we want to survive as, and, um, we, as, as human beings, uh, it's, it's in our DNA. It's written in that we initially want to help each other. Um, we learn not to help each other. And clearly we learn to defend and there's fight and flight and things like that. I get that. But if this, you know, if this conversation, just helps one person just to ask themselves you know actually are things all right then great you know then then you know that that's it's worth having the, the conversation definitely definitely Stuart, thank you for your time mate i really that's appreciate okay. it and Likewise. Uh, i wish you and your family uh, all the success and and all the health and happiness in the future Thank you, and uh, we'll probably catch up again soon around um, how Charlton are probably likely to stay in League One and Mill will likely to stay in the Championship, but who knows what's going to happen next season. Yeah, we will see. We will see. <laughs> Thanks again, Stuart. Cheers, Cheers, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Who Needs Instructions podcast. We release a new episode every week, so make sure to subscribe, and we'll speak to you again soon.